Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I had a last minute change, sort of, to the message this morning. So this is going to happen over two weeks. Uh, so today, the first half, the second half will be in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, next week, uh, Toby is going to be uh, speaking a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to focus the t- next week really around uh, worship, as in praise and worship, uh, in that sense. Um, and... <clears throat> We're going to focus that morning around because I believe God wants to, we need to do a little bit of teaching on some things just to help activate, not just here, but the whole church, every congregation is having this, um, so that we see a fresh release in, in our worship. And I don't mean just in our meetings, but us as worshippers and a fresh release in us to worship. What does it mean to worship uh, when, when there isn't a song and there's a bit of free flow stuff? What do you do? How do you worship? Uh, what do you say? How do you express that? Do I just stand there and wait because I don't know what to do? Uh, what does it mean? Because worship is more than singing songs, right? So we're going we're gonna to look at all of that next week and give some space to really flow in worship and it will it, be a little bit of a kind of training morning. Uh, is that all right? And uh, we'll we just see a fresh release and activation in, in different ways. And it's more to help us as worshipers in our lives, the way we worship Jesus, uh, not just about how we worship together in a meeting as such, but that's a good context to, to learn. So today, we're, we're, so what we're looking at over the next few weeks, which every Sunday is about, every teaching is about how we live to glorify God and how we live to worship Him with our lives as worshippers. So what we're looking at this week in a couple of weeks' time isn't just that's it, about being a worshipper. We're just going to focus in on a couple of things in relation to what we brought last week as the kind of launch message for the year and the, the mandate that God has given us to be a people of revival, uh, the mandate that God has given us to, uh, uh, to uh, be a lead boat, if you like, in terms of what God said to do with Israel, the Jewish people uh, in this nation uh, in different ways. We're going to unpack that a little bit more as we get into Romans from February onwards. But um, we want to kind of look at how do we live our lives all for his glory. How many of you want to glorify Jesus? And, and that goes beyond just actions. It starts with what's going on up here, starts with what's going on in here, in our hearts, and, and how we are in our individual lives that, that honour him in how we, we live. So we want to really unpack that. What does it mean to be a worshipper that glorifies God in our lives? Now, The word worship in its shortest form means to bow down, to fall prostrate. The word worship is actually pros, P-R-O-S, which means face to face with God. And and to be face to face with God means there's a relationship with the one that you are worshipping. And so pros means face to face relationship with the Father. But we know that's one aspect of worship. But from that relationship face to face where we adore him, we fall prostrate, we bow down. When we worship, the only one we worship is the one that we see before us. And when we worship in that way, we don't sing about ourselves in any way. We just worship who he is 
in, in those moments face to face because you're so captivated with who he is. And that then, that kind of relationship with God then affects how we live day to day. Because pros, that kind of relationship face to face with God and intimacy with him develops an awe and a fear of the Lord, a reverence for God in our lives. That means there's an awareness of who he is in us in a more tangible way as we live day to day. So that when we're uh, getting up in the morning, we're going about our daily lives, God's not just uh, left in a quiet time moment for five minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever that might have looked like for you that morning. Or maybe you spend time praying the night in the night before you go to bed or whatever. God's not left in a quiet time. And then we sort of get on with our day trying to get through and get through. And we only acknowledge God for a moment. If suddenly something happens and we're like, oh man, oh what? God, I don't know what's going on. Or is there a, a, a moment by moment walk with Him that is aware that He is with us. And because of that pros, that face to face, that God, I want to grow in an intimacy with you. I want to grow in that relationship to know you and, and be aware of you with me all the time. It's not a feeling in terms of, do I feel God's with me? Uh, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with us at any moment who He is and what He's doing. But the Holy Spirit is in us to help us to live, to enable us to live. So that when we're going through the day, something happens, we have a thought and that, that thought could be, I'd like to punch that person in the face uh, or, or whatever it is uh, uh, in that moment. And <laughs> it, But yet the Holy Spirit is there to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to go down that route in whatever scenario it is. Certainly you're not going to go down there, hopefully not punching somebody in the face. But the negativities, the lies of the enemy, all that sort of stuff, okay? Because, Father, I want to honour you in the way that I think and what goes on in my mind. So I don't want to feed on something that dishonours you. I don't want to concentrate on anything that dishonours you. I don't want to feed on things that dishonour you because you've come to live in me by your Holy Spirit and the glory that you gave Jesus, He has given to me. He has given to us. And we'll come to that in a minute in, in John 17 in terms of what Jesus prayed. But the, the glory that you gave Him, He has given us. And so if I'm a carrier of your glory, of the light and the life of your presence, the holiness of who you, if that's who you've made me then, I want to live in a way in this body, in my mind and my attitudes, my heart, my motives, all that I am. I want to live in a way then that honours you, glorifies you. And that affects how we relate to one of our relationships. We'll come to that as well in a bit. It, 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 it's, it's connected with what we do with our finances. And we'll speak about that in a couple of weeks' time in terms of what it means to surrender our type finances because it all belongs to Him anyway and how we allow him to be Lord in that area. Um, it's, it's easy in life as well to go after material things. It doesn't mean we have a, you know, you can be materialistic and that's the, the drive of your life. But even in a, in a lesser way, there can be things that we keep searching on the internet for. We're looking at, I'd love this, I'd love to do that, and none of that, all of that sort of stuff. And without realising it, that can be a distraction in our lives because it captures our hearts in some way or other. 
And one of the things that pros does, face-to-face relationship, that intimacy, when you just take time, Father, I want to cultivate that with you. You find it affects the desires of your heart. It affects the motives that are going on in you. And the amazing thing about having the Holy Spirit in us is He is the one that the Father has put in us to enable us to live this Christian life so that we don't have to try and be holy, try and be righteous, try and do all the right things, try and be this in our own strength and then put ourselves under condemnation because we don't think we're getting there or doing the right thing. That's why this moment-by-moment relationship with, with, with God is a moment-by-moment, Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you today. I want to walk with you moment by moment so that you are the one that is infusing what is going on in me. And yes, we have a responsibility as believers to take a hold of the Word and to say, right, I'm going to take hold of the Word and appropriate this in my life. Or my mind is going off in that direction. I need to submit that thought right now to the Lordship of Christ. Because if I carry on going down there, I'm going to start getting annoyed with this situation or annoyed with that person or whatever it might be. Or I'm going to start then entering into worry and anxiety because I'm not sure how to handle it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take that thought captive, bring it under his lordship and then say, Father, I thank you that in the midst of this moment or where I could go with this, I surrender all of those thoughts, all that anxiety, all that worry, all that anger or angst or whatever it is or fear. And Father, I just take a hold of you and I just remind myself that you are the mighty living God. You've never failed. You never change. And I thank you that you are that one in me right now. And so Father, I thank you in the midst of this circumstance. I thank you for your peace. I thank you right now. You bring rest into my mind, into my whole being. You know, and, and we need to do that sometimes so that we live in the way that God wants us to. So being a worshipper then, there's uh, this worship we've just saw, pros, that's one description of a worship, which is mainly this way, relationship. But then in Genesis 2, there's a verse in 15 that says, uh, verse 15, that God put man in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Now, the word, the Hebrew word for work there is, is a word called, it's A-B-A-D. It's abad or abad. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, okay? But that Hebrew word, okay, there means to serve, to minister, to worship and to work. Now, when you unpack that as a Hebrew word, what it means is when you serve uh, people, when you minister to people, when you uh, worship, not worship people, but when you work in that way or you do your job uh, in the workplace, it's, it's as you live your life, okay, this word abad for work means to serve, to minister, to work, but in everything you do, whether it is towards something or to someone, everything you do is done with the heart and attitude of worshipping God. Wow. So that moves worship away from just being in a, in a setting with our hands in the air singing in some way. But it means our lives, everything we do, what goes on in our mind, how we relate to others, how we go to work in our jobs, how we are uh, in whatever season of life you're in, everything we do 
as we work. So if you're a mum, uh, maybe some of you don't see being a mum as work, but there's, there's lots of work involved in, in, in being a mum uh, in, in that sense. You might not see it as a job, but, but work is, is when we're doing things in order for life to happen. And some of that is we go and do a job, we get paid for. Other things that we do work or we do things to serve, to bless and to give to others or, or raising our kids and all of that way. But everything we do, we wanna do it to honour Him. So connected with that, God set aside, set aside Levites uh, amongst the Israelites to be priests. And what does a priest do? A priest is set aside for a holy purpose. And what those priests did, firstly, they ministered to the Lord because they've been set aside to minister, to be worshippers. But also they were set aside to create an environment for others to come into to worship and encounter God. Now, God set aside Levites to do that uh, so that the Israelites could come and then worship in different ways without going on to the different context they could worship in. But now for us, the other side of the cross, God now lives in us. And the Bible says in different verses, one of them is 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So God has made us priests and kings. And it talks about that in Revelation as well. And, and because we are now priests in God's mind, we, He's brought us into His kingdom and He's now called us to be ministers to Him, but also ministers to others. And so God sees you and I as priests, each one of us, okay? And as a priest, that means we are set apart for a holy purpose. And when God sets our lives apart, for Him who is holy, but also for His purposes and everything that God does is holy. He can't do anything that is not holy. And so everything that He does is holy. Therefore, what He does in us and through us is holy. So He sets us apart for His holy purposes. And so what the Holy Spirit does in us is enables us to live as a holy person. So that the things that God wants to do in us and through us, whether in the very day-to-days of life, in this situation, that situation, or the bigger picture of what He's doing in our lives and where He's taking us and maybe the season that you're in, you know what you're doing and where you are at this time. This is part of outworking the call of God on your life, the purpose that you're here for on earth and what you're involved in and, and what that means, what that looks like to be a worshipper, what it looks like to honour Him and to glorify Him. So God spoke to us about this year being a year of salvation, a year of uh, signs and wonders and miracles, a year of really going deeper as disciples and also making disciples. And then fourthly, about the next generation and and what God wants to do in our children, in our young people and and a greater release of who God is amongst them. Um, I just want us to look in John 17, okay? We're gonna look at a few verses. Sorry you haven't got them on the screen today. Um, But John 17, first few verses. The context of this chapter is Jesus is with the disciples. It's the Last Supper and and He's been praying uh, with them. He's been teaching them. It's this sort of context before He's gonna go to the cross. And, And John 17, This is what he he prays, the first few verses. We're going to pick some things out of here. This is what he prays. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son. 
The word glorify there means to honour. Honour your son, glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Now, what Jesus is talking about here is when he says glorify your son, he's, he's, well, let's read the whole thing and then come back and make better sense. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So he's praying this, but he's praying himself here. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing, or other translations say completing, the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, how many of you know that whenever Jesus said anything, He wasn't just trying to fill some space with some words. He wasn't just praying a prayer because He didn't know what to say, so He just came out with a load of stuff. What He was doing was, there was there's so much in what He's saying. He's saying, my prayer is not for them alone. So He starts off by, because He just prayed for the disciples, okay, those that have been with Him. But then he said, uh, sorry, we're in the wrong, but that's the next bit. I won't jump to that. Sorry. He says here, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. Now, what he means by that is honour your son. Because he then prays, I've accomplished everything. What he's saying is bring me back into the glory that I was, that I had with you when I was with you in the glory so that your son may glorify you. So in order for Jesus to glorify the Father on earth, the final thing was that Jesus, yes, He had to go through the cross, then He was going to be resurrected, but then He was going to be taken up to heaven, back to the Father. And that's what Jesus meant here. Glorify your Son, yes, through the cross, but also coming back into the glory so that your Son may glorify you through the cross, through His obedience, and then through Him returning to the Father because of then what would be released into us on earth as a result. Then verse 2, For you granted Him all authority over all people that He might give eternal life to those you have given Him. So He's kind of describing it. You gave me authority on earth to come with the kingdom, to preach the gospel of the kingdom, to see people's lives transformed and so on. Now verse 3, this is eternal life. That, that they know you. So he's praying for us here. He's praying for um, all those who are going to believe, right? The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing and completing the work you gave me to do. Now, at this moment, he'd not been on the cross. He hadn't gone through the cross. This was pre-cross, this prayer. And so what, what is he saying here? He's saying, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, what is he talking about there? He's saying, he's saying, Father, you called me for this purpose. The first purpose that the Father sent Jesus to the earth was that Jesus may glorify the Father through his life. And in order for Jesus to glorify the Father in His life, He had to live moment by moment, day to day, acknowledging the Father. Because Jesus said, I don't say anything of my own. 
I don't do anything without seeing the Father do it. Jesus knew that He had to live a sinless life in order to be able to go to the cross to take our sin upon Himself. If Jesus didn't live a sinless life, none of us would be here in this room at this moment because we would have had no Saviour. There would have been no cross, no salvation. Jesus knew the only way I can live a sinless life is to be totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, enabling me to hear what the Father is saying and showing me what the Father wants to do. Jesus had plenty of opportunity to take offence at the way He was treated, the way people spoke about Him, the things people wanted to do to Him. He had plenty of opportunity to get to, to sin in different ways. He was tempted in every way, the Bible says, just as we are. He would have been tempted to have lustful thoughts. He would have been tempted to be jealous of people. He would have been tempted to get angry and to vent in some way or other. He's tempt he was tempted in exactly the same way, but He knew, Father, I'm here for your glory. I'm here to honour you. And Father, I'm dependent on you by your Spirit in me to live as a human being. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. To live this life knowing I want to bring honour to your name. So I want to live as a worshipper that glorifies you. So that means Jesus, to accomplish the work that the Father has sent him to do, he would have taken captive thoughts. He would have made sure, man, I need to keep my heart right here in this situation. Uh, I need to make sure I'm submitting what's going on constantly to the Father or whatever he needed to do. He wanted to make sure how he related to people. He was in relationship with others, that those relationships were kept right and were kept clean and were kept how they, they needed to be. If somebody offended him, he didn't just ignore them, ah, oh, you know, and then he started ratting off to the disciples uh, about some of the other disciples or some of the behaviour of some of the disciples. He could, he could have easily said, oh, goodness me, Peter, what are you doing? He could have gone to John and Andrew. You know, have you heard what Peter's doing recently? He's an absolute idiot. Oh, I can't believe it. What an idiot and all of that. And he didn't do that, did he? And it's easy for us to say, yeah, but it was Jesus, so he wouldn't have done that, would he? But Jesus was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit in the same way that you and I have to be, need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to live the life that God has called us to. And so Jesus has completed this life. He's lived in that way. And then he says in verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Some of that relates to glorify me. The cross, we could say that was probably the worst thing that could ever happen. But actually him going to the cross was part of God's glory being released into mankind. Because God's glory that he gives us into our lives is his salvation, is his saving grace. See, his salvation is forgiveness. His salvation is when we are justified. 
So to be forgiven, we're forgiven of every sin when we approach Him and come to Him. We say, Father, I want to surrender everything, submit to You, I ask You to forgive me for this, I repent of that. So in that salvation, this glory, there's forgiveness. But in, in that salvation and glory, there is, there is being justified. So because of what God does, He justifies us like in a court of law. He stamps our lives and says, not guilty. Somebody else has paid a price. So the justice, the justification for them to be forgiven and to be made like me is that's the work I've done. You're just if you had never sinned. You're made holy. Then there's this work of sanctification. This is all part of the salvation, the glory that God gives us, that He puts His Holy Spirit in us to enable us to live out this holiness, this holy life that He's put within us in a very practical, real way. So that work of sanctification, okay, it's a big word, is basically when you surrender everything to Him, when you get born again and you give your life to Him, He forgives you. He takes this old sin nature out. He puts his nature in. He's then justified you. That, that stamp of that the judge makes, him as the judge on our lives, is that justice now has been served and this person is no longer guilty and condemned to an eternity without me. Now they've stepped into a new life with me, into eternal life with me. And eternity begins, eternal life anyway, with Him begins then. And then this work of sanctification is daily we're working out this, this relationship with God, this holy life that He's put in us. And as we're seeking to live that out in our hearts and minds, what is going on is, Father, I want to honour you in the way that I live today. I want to worship you by what goes on within me, how I speak to other people, how I relate to them, how I am in life or whatever it might be, how I go to work, how I deal with this particular situation. Father, I want to honour you and worship you. Why? Let's just jump into John 17, verse 20. Onwards. So now Jesus is in his prayer, he's now praying for us, literally us now. He says here, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples who he's just prayed for. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So some of the, the message that's come through the disciples is what's written in the Bible. Some of the, the letters in the New Testament are written by the disciples. And then Paul the Apostle, who wasn't with Jesus, but he had a massive encounter with Jesus. And uh, he says, I pray for all those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory, the salvation that we've just talked about. I have given them the glory that you gave me. So what's he talking about? That's, that's the relationship. The relationship that I have with you, Father, being at one with you, I've come to earth to bring the kingdom and to make it possible to come into the same relationship, the same glory, the salvation that, is make, that makes that possible to come into this kind of relationship. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. So one of the things Jesus came to do was not just to make salvation a personal thing for you or for me, but He came to bring us into salvation and to bring us into a body, a kingdom 
We have such a Western mindset that we individualise so much in the Bible that most of the context in the New Testament, when the word you is spoken, it means plural, not singular. So we, we often take a lot where it says Y-O-U and we say, well, this is, so this is who you are in Christ. And we often, we often just say, well, that's who I am in Christ. And then if we're all live like that together, we, you know. But actually what, what, the, tent, what the, the, the context is often when we're talking about that is this is who you are. Because in God's mind, when you, when you surrender everything to Him and you become a believer and you come into the kingdom, you now become one with those who are in the kingdom. And He says, you are one in me. You are one together. You're no long, you no longer live an individualistic life for your own gain and for your own means. Because to be a believer, to come into the kingdom means my life is not my own any longer. I surrender my life to the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to be the Lord and the King of my life. And to glorify and to worship God then is, Father, how do I love people that worships you? How do I serve others that honours you? How do I bless people that gives you honour? Because I want to be part of who we are in Christ together. Are you with me this morning? Then what does he say? I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. Jesus places an incredible amount of weight on the importance of unity, oneness. And the Bible says that we have the spirit of unity. It's not that we've got to try and get it. We have the spirit because we have the Holy Spirit. But the Bible talks about maintain, keep that unity. Maintain that unity. And this is so, so important in terms of then the release of God that we see amongst us and in our lives. And this is where this, is where this culture of grace that we were speaking about in the, at the end of last year through the autumn is so, so important. Because in this culture of grace, there is no condemnation. There is no criticism and judgment of one another. This culture of grace, as we, as we look through, enables us to open up our hearts and lives and talk about the most challenging things that might be going on in us or secret things that have been going on in our lives that need to come out into the light so the power of those things can be broken and then we can actually live in the light in the way that God has called us to be. But when we expose our hearts and lives and we open up our hearts, it, 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 when, when we greet one another with grace and mercy, it creates an environment of health and strength as a body, as a people, because grace can only be expressed where there's a, a culture of love, because grace is an extension of love. She loved never fails. 
Love doesn't look at what is wrong. Love doesn't pick out all the faults. What love does, it, it looks at the log in our own eye before we look at the speck in someone else's. Now in saying that, that doesn't mean there's no challenge to our lives as Christians to live in the way that God wants to, to honour Him and to glorify Him. It doesn't mean grace covered, well, you can do what you like then. Because we're called to be disciples and a, and a disciple means to be like the one who is your master. And all of us in our hearts, we want to be like the one who is our master, Jesus Christ. We want to live that. And that's why he's put his Holy Spirit in us to enable us to live a Christ-like life. And so God has put the glory of his salvation in us. That God's salvation is expressed through his love. So John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave His one and only Son, that whoever should believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said uh, that they that prayed for us, they'd be one. And, as for, and, and He talks about uh, God being at one with God, having the love of God in us, sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So unity and love go together. But what is Jesus saying? Why is the unity so important? Why is the love so important? So that the world, He says here, so that the world will know. Part of the challenge of our Christianity is from a Western mindset, very much so, is that we separate our Christian life and being a church and a body of believers and all that we think that should mean as a church. And then we turn our witness to the world into something called evangelism. And we separate things out and, and we use this word evangelism and, and suddenly we, we, well, we need to do this as a church and we need to do that as a church and the other as a church. Then we have some evangelism. But Jesus doesn't separate any of that out at all in the way he's speaking. He's saying, I've called you to be at one with me and I've, I, you are one with me in the same way that I am one with the Father so that the world will know. There's something about the power of the witness of the kingdom and God's life and love that comes in a way where there's unity and this, this oneness, which God is working. By saying what I'm saying this morning, I'm not saying we haven't got it, right? I'm saying it's why it's so, so important. And one of the things the enemy wants to do and has been doing over this season in many, many churches uh, and people, different leaders that I know and conversation about, the amount of factions there have been and people falling out with each other over different things to do with COVID and, and, and whatever is going on in the world as a result. And people leaving churches saying, well, because the pastor didn't preach that, I'm going to go somewhere else. And because he didn't say what I wanted to say, I'm going to go and leave. And that's happening in loads of churches all over the place. And the enemy loves it. He wants to bring division. He wants to bring factions because the enemy wants to undermine the life and the power of God and his kingdom through the church into a nation that is so desperate. Well, they don't know that. They don't know the desperate need they have of God. Some do because they're crying out for help. But most are living their life on a happy journey to hell as far as they're concerned. So what's the primary identifier of a Christian by the world looking at a Christian. So what's the word that most people out there use and expect a Christian to be? Loving. Most people out there, you know, expect Christians, well, if you're a Christian, you should love everybody. You should love everybody. Love, love, love. That's the word that's being used. That's a word that's being corrupted out 
in the world in different ways. And we'll come to that another, another day. But love, God's love reveals the goodness of God in order to bring others to faith into the kingdom. Are you guys, is this all right this morning? You're here? You're really silent. Maybe it's one of those messages. I don't know. Um, we're going to, why I ended up splitting this into two, because the second half is just really practical. I mean, there are some practical things in this, but we're just going to look at some really practical ways of how do we live as worshippers? What does that look like in reality uh, in, in our lives? But we're just focusing on this, on this glory that he's given us and how he's given us his spirit to live in the glory of his salvation, to live as worshippers in our minds, in our hearts, in our own lives and with one another so that this unity of the Spirit, we're keeping, maintaining and making sure that nothing comes between us in any way, shape or form. So, so important. And what, this is why Jesus prayed. It's the last, it's the way He prayed for us and the, what we would live in. And where there is that unity and what God's developing in this whole culture of grace as a church is that if somebody has blown it in some way, it's not like, oh, you know, and they're, they're a black sheep suddenly. No, if somebody blows it, what we do is we come and we pick them up and we say, hey, come on. We all make mistakes. We can all blow it. We can all, none of us are perfect. We're all seeking to live out this life being sanctified. We're all seeking to live with God and work this thing out. So we all make mistakes. So come on, none of us here are better than anybody else. And so therefore, we help one another. We walk with one another. We get our arms around each other. Sometimes that means not just round walk together, but it's underneath helping to, because somebody can't seem to walk very well on their own at this moment. That's why we're here. And that brings glory and honour to the Lord. When people are going to come through our doors, we need to pray in a minute. When, when people come through our doors over these coming months and years with all kinds of issues and challenges, when we're reaching out as culture and society is, is saying certain things about certain things and we, whether we agree with them or not or don't like them, how we are towards people does not change. The way God expressed, the way Jesus expressed the love of the Father to people Amazing. I don't know if all of you got one of these, the win the one cards that we've been giving out last week. And, and hopefully you got one of these. If you haven't, we've got more out in, in the hub there. And the win the one card is to, to jot down the, the person or people, whoever it is that, that God has put on your heart that you're praying for to come to know the Lord. And I won't say I've got a mind because I, I, for all I know, they might be listening. Don't know. Um, but... There's people I'm praying for to come to know the Lord. And we want to be praying for those actively. Without prayer, we won't see anything happen. Yep. Uh, we, can, we can do stuff in our own strength if we want and we can see bits and pieces go on, you know. But in terms of the fruit that God wants to bring, uh, let's just read another uh, verse for a moment. Uh, Connected with, oh, I can't find it. Anyway, there's some stuff to do with fruitfulness. We'll come out in a couple of weeks' time. But one way of honouring God, and we'll come to that in terms of our witness in a couple of weeks. One way that we honour God, and it talks about, Jesus speaks about, in terms of, and Paul talks about it as well, that when we share the gospel, 
we're actually glorifying, we're bringing glory to God. We're glorifying God as we share and give the gospel. And actually, another verse talks about as we give the gospel and glorify God in that way, we are actually worshipping God. Wow. And so we want to live as worshippers in and all that that means. So let's jump to our feet for a moment. Sorry I didn't give us a break in the middle to just talk and pray around the tables. But what I want you to do for the next couple of minutes, okay, is get with another person or a couple of others around your tables. Um, and I want you to just take a couple of minutes, okay, just to share with one another, uh, what is it in the last 35 minutes or so, 40 minutes, what is it that God has spoken to you about? And then I want you to pray together. Each one of you share, say, well, that's, that's what's resounding in me. Or that might, it might be, wow, that, that challenged me that bit. Or it might be, oh, that, that was so encouraging what he said. That's what God's been saying to me. Oh, it's brilliant or whatever. Uh, or it might be, mm, I need to just bring this under his lordship in a fresh way. So, you know, or whatever it might be. I need to leave that and cleave to this instead. So just get with somebody else or a couple of people and just share with each other, okay, what has God just spoken to you about? What's going on in you? and then pray together for a couple of minutes, all right? Ready? Go. Thank you, Jesus. I know you might want to pray a bit more and all of that. Maybe we need to bring the meeting to a close in a minute, but if you want to carry on talking and praying together in a few minutes when, when we close the meeting, sort of official part of the meeting, feel free to do that, okay? Um, People obviously praying and stuff. I don't want to cut across, but just from a time point of view, with the kids, groups needing to finish and be released and getting our kids and everything. Just want to pray, Father, I thank you. You've called us to be worshippers, those who honour you and bring you glory. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you work in us and move us, especially during this prayer and fasting as we're the encounter night this Wednesday, as we come to meet with you the prayer nights we've got, and then next Saturday, this afternoon, this amazing church family time we're going to have. It's going to be awesome, the release there's going to be. And Father, I just thank you that our lives more and more will become this worship to those around us that don't know you because of the unity and the love that we have for one another. And then what people get brought into as they get born again and what they discover going to blow their minds, what it looks like to be a people that love one another in the way that we do already, but then as that increases. And so, Father, we praise you, we thank you for all that you're doing amongst us. If anybody's here today or you're at home and you're watching, you don't know Jesus, and you are like, I want to I wanna know more, or you're saying, I actually, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, then I'd love to meet with you here afterwards or if you're around the tables here and you've come with someone, say, hey, what, what, what does it mean to give my life to Jesus? How do I do that? And somebody can talk with you and pray with you. If you need help with that, I'll be here. We'll, we'll be around here. We can help with that. Uh, just because I stand on a platform um, and say some of the things I have this morning, uh, if, you, if you're new here, you don't know Jesus, don't think, oh, that guy on a stage or anybody up there is special or, you know, I wouldn't know what to say to that person and all of that. None of us live on pedestals. Uh, none of us are better than anybody else. We're all seeking to just live this relationship with God 
and see him work in us and through us. And so if you're at that point in your life where you're like, I want to know more, I want to give my life to Jesus, what does that mean? Please come and have a chat and I'd love to talk with you. And if you're ready, pray with you as well if you really want to do that and then we can help you connect with Jesus and start a whole new life with him. It's going to be brilliant, eh? Wednesday night going to be powerful. Um, I believe God wants to heal lots of people on Wednesday uh, when we come together for the encounter evening and uh, all that God wants to do. The prayer night on Friday, all through the night, it's a powerful time. Thanks to all those that were leading prayer uh, through the evening uh, who ran different two-hour sessions. Absolutely brilliant. The heart people prayed with and what they came with to release was, was so, so good. And I know Burgess Hill, you guys are online this morning doing church in the home. Uh, what you, what, they had a great time. They Zoomed at the beginning with communion together as a congregation. Then they had prayer slots all through the night. They came back together in the morning. Some great testimonies of what God was doing. Uh, I know I got healed the other night, uh, jumping up and down, worshipping Jesus. My knees were causing me jip. I got healed. My knees are brilliant now and uh, feel good. And I know Sarah... You had a great testimony, didn't you? Work's been such, such a massive challenge. And then uh, she was dancing at home, joining with the encounter night. And then the next day went in and work was completely different. Scenarios have changed. Things have changed. Amazing. How when we, when we do what God is saying and wants to release, things happen, things change. So, uh, so be blessed, guys. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.